Welcome back to Rob Gill's Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to learn how to take action on your financial future, click the link in our bio to speak to us directly. To learn more about how you can achieve financial freedom, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow Rob Gill all over social media. Financial freedom awaits. So check it out, folks, right here in the hallowed halls of Epic Financial Strategies, Red Bank, New Jersey. The thing that we try and do the most, more than anything else, as we hunt human excellence, we want to make sure that what that excellence looks like, it's not just about the financial success, although that's important. It's about surviving the success, but it's also about connecting with folks that are really making the world a better place. Today, we're going to get into the journey of Junius Bennett, the owner-founder of New Life Veterans LLC, and his journey of going from being homeless to having an impact on all of these veterans has been incredible. He's done it all by himself, behind closed doors, has created this model and methodology, and now he's starting to get in front of more and more folks, sharing his message on how to really understand not only what's available for these veterans, but also in a tax-free manner. Anyway, let me just introduce Junius. What's up, brother? How you, how doing? you doing, man? Good to see Good you. Good to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so happy you're here. Man, and, so and, am I. And, do, and for everybody that's watching, myself and Junius met us out on YouTube because Tax Hive had a, uh, had a seminar that Junius was at that I was able to speak at, and Junius was sitting in the front row making my presentation that much more fun and, and enjoyable as we went through the process. So... Because of that, this is what happens when you're in the business of entrepreneurship. You could develop relationships if you're resourceful and you're thinking and really be able to collaborate to, to, to not only help each other's ecosystems, but most importantly, help the people within those ecosystems on giving them information that they didn't know that was available to them so they could live a life of dignity and financial freedom. How you doing, my man? man What's doing, going on? I'm ecstatic. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Can't wait to just share this opportunity with everybody. So me too. So so let's go real slow, real fast. We'll go slow right where you are today. Mm -hmm. We're going to go back to the beginning and then come back to where we are today. Right? Awesome. So if you could just like big picture, just kind of explain what your company is and what it's about. Great question. Our company specializing in helping disabled veterans, America's heroes. Yep with their injuries and showing them a step-by-step -step process of how to get high-value claims okay. because the current system that's in place is broken. There's a bureaucracy of red tape and misinformation that's out there There's there for the veterans to kind of utilize and file for those injuries that they sustain while serving the greatest country in the world. Yeah. So when we talk about the red tape and the bureaucracy, was that done by design so they couldn't get access to the money? Um, I don't think it was done by design, by design. I think it's just, you know, people not looking at it from the veteran standpoint. They're just looking at it from the system aspect and the budget aspect. So when you say uh, when you say people, who are we referring to? We're talking about the VA uh, healthcare system and okay. the, the benefits administration. There's the VBA side of the house that pays the compensation, but then there's the VHA side of the house, which is the healthcare part of it, okay. where you get your prescriptions and go get to see your doctors and things of that nature. Got it. Yeah. So the right hand isn't speaking to the left hand. Exactly. And somehow in the middle of this, your journey became the middleman between the right and the left. Is that, am I understanding that the right way? Exactly. Wow, that's impressive. That's, I mean, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. So if we talk about, you know, veterans, did you serve? And in what year? Absolutely. I served in Desert Storm from 1991 to 1995. Thank you, by the way. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. awesome. 
And um, I was 17 at the time. My mom had to sign my application for me to even go into the Navy. And I had aspirations of traveling the world and having a new career. And then an injury happened. So before we get into all that, where are you originally from? I'm originally from Birmingham, Alabama. Okay, so grew up there, went to grammar school, high school kind of thing? Absolutely. Did you have any siblings? Um, one brother. One brother. Mm -hmm. Older, younger? Younger, eight years younger. Are you, are you an Alabama fan? Uh, no. No, okay. <laughs> Who do you, who's your college football team? Well, the way I, I would, I'll just say this. I like basketball like oh, you do. Okay, all right. That's great. <laughs> who's your college team? Uh, at, actually, at the right time. at the time right now, I would say... UConn. Okay. Yes. Well, they just won the national championship. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me ask you, you, you grew up in Alabama, um, grammar school, high school, mm -hmm. and then it seems like right after high school, you went into the military. Before we get into that, what was those years like that, you know, at that young age, you decided that you wanted to go there? Well, I lived on the west side of Birmingham and it was limited opportunity. You know, when I saw people getting killed over brand name sneakers and mm. things of that nature, starter jackets and things of that nature. I knew that was limited resources for me. And growing Did up- Did you know that though, at that time? At that time I knew it, yes. You I knew I was leaving that. all the red. I okay. knew I was leaving as soon as graduation. Yeah, because it's, and I want to go back to that. What's interesting is because what we're really building out is a financial literacy program, not just for adults, but now for like kids, mm -hmm. right? So even with the AAU team that we have, which is all inner city middle-class kids and, and, and other kids, but the point is we want to now go back in if you have these AAU programs, like it's Hoop Group or Made Hoops or Boo Williams, everywhere I look, there's no financial literacy. Mm -hmm. There's sneaker deals, mm -hmm. right? There's circuit, there's there's sweatsuits, and there's you know uniforms and, and buses and hotels are paid for, but nowhere do I see financial literacy. If you could go back in time knowing what you know now mm -hmm. and the impact you're, you're now making on people, not just veterans, because what you've done is incredible. Mm -hmm. What would you tell the version of you when you were 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, if they're happy enough to, if they're lucky enough to be watching a YouTube video that you and I didn't have access to? I would tell them, don't look at money with your eyes. I look at money with your mind. Mm. Tell me more. Because, I mean, you could just see it on a face value what the money is, but you have to understand the difference between assets and liabilities. Yeah. The assets put money in your pocket. Liabilities take money away from you. And sadly, when you're poor and you grow up with disadvantage, you focus on those liabilities that take away from your wealth versus what's being taught. Are you talking about like cars and chains Absolutely. and stuff like that? Yes. Keeping up with the neighborhood and stuff like that. Yeah. The Joneses, yes. And it's funny because that happens all over the place. Mm -hmm. Even, even you know, I, I have a book coming out. Mm -hmm. It's called Surviving Success. Wow. And it's about my first wave of money emotionally I wasn't ready for, mm -hmm. right? And because of that, I made good money, but subconsciously did things that, you know, made me give it back. Absolutely. I almost lost my business. Mm -hmm. And I realized there was mental health challenges, there was wealth wounds, there was handed down uh, belief systems when mm -hmm. it came to money, right? Mm -hmm. And the book is about not just getting in the right mindset to make money, but how are you going to survive that money you make? Because you got to go back in time to figure out what those wealth wounds are. Exactly. So the book is Surviving Success. Wow, it's coming out late in June. Yeah. I can't wait to read it. And and it's going to be focused on, you know, talking to the inner city kids, talking to kids that, or just middle class or kids that don't have access to the same system when it comes to what the wealthy do when it comes to money. Mm -hmm. They don't have, they don't have accountants. They have tax planners, right? They use other people's money. Everything they do has a multi-tier approach to their money. It's not just one thing. So... Mm -hmm. It's about the education and it's about why do people buy expensive cars because it gives them a short-term sense of fulfillment.
Exactly. But it's a short-term sense of fulfillment versus like, hey, how can I help make the world a better place? Help that human being, which is a much more long-term, not as sexy, but much more gratifying as time goes on. Absolutely. So in telling your younger self that question or, or, or you know, given that observation about money mm-hmm. and understanding money could give assets and money's like stealth soldiers if it's, if it's used the right way, mm-hmm. what else would you tell that young person as success comes their way? Well, I will also tell them about tax liability as well. Yeah. Because you can make a lot of money, but what are you going to keep? Yeah. So I guess the opportunity to know the difference between assets and liabilities and the tax liability would be the first two things I would teach Amazing. a young person. Yep. Thank you for that. Yes. So now you get into the uh, Navy. 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 Go into the Navy. Mm-hmm. 17 years old. Mom, mom co-signs for you. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that initial journey. Well, um, I went to basic training in Great Lakes, Illinois. And uh, after that, I went to A school in Millington, Tennessee. I became an aviation technician working on EA-6B Prowlers, which was a electronic countermeasures jet. And how uh, old were you? 18? I was 17 when I went in. Wow. Yes. But even when you were working on all this stuff? I was 18 years old when I was working on those jets, yes. So tell us about it. What was that like? It was amazing because I'm working on um, electronic countermeasure jets. And what they do is they, go, they fly over and jam out all the electronics uh, before they go and bomb. Mm. So it's a double cockpit plane at the time, and the back seat was all the communication, navigation, and radar, and the jamming capability. You know what I mean? So I was troubleshooting when they come back from missions. What was wrong with the device? Pulling out the device, changing it out. That was my job in the navy. Was it exciting? Did you like it? Was. it? I did loved you? it. Okay, so that was thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. What kind of stuff do they have now that we don't know about? Ah, uh, well, they got away with that plane. Obviously, they came out with a thing called a Growler, which is a new and improved Hornet style, still the same function yeah. of electronic countermeasures. What is that device they call? Is it an EMT where like planes can come out of the sky if you just hit hit them with what you're talking about? You're talking about the chaff yeah. in the back of the plane. Yes, yeah, yeah. when they're being shot at. No, no, no. Isn't there something where electronic where where you could just shut down, you know, all of the electrical communications, which means That is what that plane does. Wow. That's a scary thing in the wrong yeah, hands. I know. I know. <laughs> so 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 you're now did you go to Iraq at this point or you still No, I, I did two um uh, what they call it, uh, Westpac, no, I'm sorry, Med Cruises. Okay. Med Cruises is Mediterranean. Got it. So I went to all the European countries. And if we had conflict in that area, then we would remain there uh, longer than anticipated. Got Each it. cruise was like six months at a time. Okay. So I was on the first cruise with John F. Kennedy, USS John F. Kennedy, which was a conventional aircraft carrier. Yep. It wasn't a nuclear carrier like the Dwight D. Eisenhower, which yep. was my second cruise. So how long were you in the military during this time? Is this 1990 to 1994? 1991 to 1995. So for a young kid in Alabama mm-hmm. who there was wealth wounds all over the place, mm-hmm. was smart enough or let's say forward thinking enough that he wanted to get out, Exactly. And then now, f- within a four-year period, you were in how many different countries in Europe? Mm, man, Italy, France, Spain, Turkey, Greece, Israel, you name it. And a college degree can't buy that, correct? No. That's experience that you saw and learned things, mm-hmm. I'm sure, later on that served you and gave you confidence to start the company you have today. Absolutely. It was it, a foundation. Am I right on? Like, Absolutely. I, you're right on. And and what are some of those takeaways that a lot of folks that, like myself, don't get to go to those, those countries over that five-year period? What would you say... To the 20-year-old or the 22-year-old on why they should do something like that. There's an abundance of money out there. It's not scarcity like you're taught when you're in a child, uh, when you're in an environment where turn off the lights. Yep. You're leaving the lights on. Yep. Whether you're always thinking about scarcity, losing money. Oh, don't don't leave the car on for a long time because like you're budgeting. burning gas. Yeah, you know what I mean? So you come in from a position of scarcity yeah. when you're going out to other countries and you look at how other people live. Say, man, people are living a different way. 
Yeah. You know, they have more abundance than it is scarcity. So I knew that was a different way. So I, st- I got curious. But why is that? Why is it over there? The, what, what you saw, like, why, why do they live like that? Well, what is the what is the culture that even allows? I would say the mindset. Okay, so it's handed down. Yeah, exactly. Just like just like budgeting or or just like scarcity mindset is handed down. You're right. Exactly. Shut off the light. We got to watch the heat. Put on. You know, be careful with the air conditioning. Exactly. Everything, and it's so ingrained in our nervous system, we don't realize that ninety percent of the time we're coming from a scarce mindset. Exactly. And sometimes it takes 50, 60 years to understand that Absolutely. it didn't have to be that way. So now, 1994, 95, tell us what happens next. Well, um, first of all, do you want me to talk about my injury in yeah, 1992? Well, what happened? Oh, so that happened in 1992. 1992, I, I wasn't even 20 years old when this happened. So my career got really derailed, and it caused me to separate from the Navy because of it. Okay. Um, in 1992, November 6th, I remember it so well. I was in a barracks and we were, you know, having jokes, mama jokes. You know how we do it. Your mom is so fat if she dances the band skips. Absolutely. Yep. So I was having some. Your some, mom's so poor she can't pay attention. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I was having a little uh, fun with a guy from New York. And um, he didn't like, he, he didn't like the fact that my mama joke got a lot of laughs. Yours was better than his. Mine was better yes. than his. Yes. So I looked away. And as I looked away, he sucker punched me. Uh-huh. And uh Broke my nose, gave me two black eyes, and I woke up in the hospital the next day, wow, uh, unconscious. And little did I did know you bang that, your head? oh yeah, most definitely yeah. against the brick wall. I was, you know, unconscious, and I didn't know that 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 blow really changed the course of my life. Hmm. What happened? Well, as a as a result of the the scar and the broken nose, the broken nose is a deviated septum, which closes off your passageway, mm-hmm. breathing from yep. your from your nose. So it caused me to be a mouth breather. Yeah. So I'm breathing more out of my mouth than I'm breathing out of my nose. Yep, losing oxygen. Exactly. Yeah. So that also exasperated sleep apnea and did not know it. So mm. I was I left the military with a scar, a broken nose, sleep apnea, and it was a traumatic event. I had PTSD and didn't even know it. So were those labels there for you at that point, or you just left? Was it was it a um, how, how did you leave? You have to leave a certain way, right? Like, well, I had an honorable discharge. Of that's course. what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes, I left with an honorable discharge, but no compensation from disability whatsoever, and I suffered from. But that. they were supposed to give you money. Right? Absolutely, they were and, supposed to at least tell me about there was an avenue for compensation. And you didn't know that, and I didn't know that. And that's for a while you accepted that. Exactly. Okay. So many other veterans to this day who serve this greatest country in the world doesn't get educated when it comes to VA disability. That's amazing. How come? Not sure. I'm okay. I'm pretty sure they changed over the years yeah. to recently. They got certain programs in place, but back in 1995, there wasn't. Wow. So 1992, this happens. You, you have no money in 93, 94, 95. I'm still in the service from 92, 93, 95. I'm still going on cruises. I'm still injured. Okay. Nobody's saying anything. Are you getting money somewhere? Or? I'm getting paid for You're active duty service, got yes. It. But as far as the injury, no. Okay. And so when I was left at an honorable discharge, and that's all I wanted to do. And what year was that? 1995. You left? Left. And you started getting paid or no? Didn't get no pay from that point. Thank you for your service. And what happened after that? So, um, you know, I didn't want to go back to poor Alabama. I didn't want to go back to crime-infested Birmingham, Alabama, the west side, repping out Alabama. I love Birmingham, don't get me wrong, but I didn't want to go back. So um, I took that experience from the United States Navy, the determination, the grit, the, um, all the tenacity that I had to start a new life. And I became a federal law enforcement officer for U.S. Immigration and Naturalization Service. So you ain't got a job. Yes. But like you weren't. You didn't go back feeling bad, or, or you know, you you didn't want to. You knew you weren't going back to the neighborhood. I wasn't going back. That's amazing. So you became you became a federal law enforcement officer. I went to Artesia, New Mexico, to a federal law enforcement academy, and I graduated top in my class, and I became a 
U.S. immigration officer in 1996 on the Blaine, Washington, Vancouver, uh, Canadian border in White Rock, White Rock, British Columbia was on the Canadian side and Blaine, Washington was on the southern side of Washington. Was this where in 1999 they pulled somebody over that was going to do massive uh, terrorist attacks? Exactly. I was employed that day. Can you tell me about that? Well, they actually came down in a boat. Tell me all about across that. the water, and, and they had the, they had explosives, they had all type of things, contraband aboard that ship. Yeah, and uh, it was a small little boat, and uh, we were in charge of investigating. Of course, I wasn't physically, but we were ter we were terrified. Um, and by the way, tell me if I'm wrong. I, I, from what I recall, there wasn't a lot of media behind that. No, it wasn't. And this was a year and a half before 9/11. Exactly. But that was one of the telltale signs of what was actually happening. Exactly, because the Canadian border is one of the most porous borders of the United States. Yeah. And did you ever work on the Tijuana border? No. Or, okay, so you were always stationed up there. That's correct. So now you're still not creating new life veterans. You're, you're still not. You're, you're making money. You're, you're living your life. Are you an entrepreneur at this point? Like. Well, you seem like you've always studied something. So well, like, I was, was I was always wanting more for my life, and I knew after traveling, you know, all those countries in the Navy, and also looking at Vancouver, British Columbia, looking how people live, and that was a better life. And I wanted something more, and I didn't want to go back. Yeah. And so I decided to, you know, get a federal law enforcement officer job, and they paid for housing. I, after I stayed a time at the border, I took a transfer. Yep. And got a diplomatic assignment working at the Vancouver International Paramount. Uh, the airport there. Yep. And uh, that started my journey to really want more because I started traveling to Vancouver, Whistler, British Columbia ski Whistler. resorts. Yeah, I heard about uh, that. And I started seeing all the nice homes and things. Sean Callagher, he was in Whistler. Go ahead. Yeah, so Black Home uh, Interwest is the company that manages the ski slopes up there. And I used to drive. Were you up, scared? Not a skier, but I snowmobiled. Okay. All right. So Fair I took, me too, by yeah, the way. <laughs> so I took the 99 highway all the way up to Whistler wow. a lot and just dream build. Okay, so talk about that. You I was, just said something. I was dream building. I was dreaming in, uh, spiritually, emotionally, and everything. Lord, how can I get to this level? So here's what I heard Junius just say. He asked a great question. Lord, how can I get to this level? During this time, were you reading books and self-help or anything like that at all? Or was this natural for you? That was natural for me to think that way. But uh, I had the fortunate situation where I, I met this gentleman uh, on a ferry coming out of Seattle, a Mocatillo Pharaoh. Do you think it was a future version of you and you didn't know about it? Might have been, Got it. might have been, or an angel from God showing me, hey, there's a different way. Yep. And so I met him on a ferry. I was headed up to Mocatillo yep. from Seattle. And this guy was telling me about some business. And here I am, a poor kid from Birmingham. This yep. guy's telling me about business. I'm already, mindset's thinking this way. And so he introduced me to Amway. Oh, were you early Amway? Yes. Okay. So that was um, my first kind of try at entrepreneurship. You know what's so funny, folks? Because people that are watching us typically are entrepreneurs. And the truth is we think differently. It's I don't know if we find each other as time goes on. We know the forefathers for us are the Tony Robbins, right? We know that he's created the map, the Jim Rome's. Um, some of these other folks that go back into the 70s that really teach us this path. Ed Milet now, I would say, currently. And, mm -hmm. you know, you think of Gary Vee and, um, you know, you think of David Melcher, Sean Callagy, Chris Crone, Tax Hive. The entrepreneurs have a different step to them. Not better, not worse, just different. And we speak a language that everything for us is optimism. Mm -hmm. What would you say to the person that right now has been told to stop thinking that way? Because whoever's in their ear may not understand what we know, but how important it is to stay on that path of positive thinking. The thing I would say is that most people that have money that are wealthy, 
the multimillionaires and the multi-billionaires, they're dancing to a bit different beat. Yep. You got to go the opposite of what the majority of the masses are doing to achieve great things. And not out of defiance, but out of integrity and science. Absolutely. See how I rhyme that? Not out of defiance, but out of integrity and science. So, <laughs> so tell me about this guy that you met on the boat. Amway. Amway guy. He um, introduced me. Some, at the time, it was called Worldwide Wealth Builders. And yep. the, the thing that really stuck out me stuck, stuck out so well about Amway, they were very good at mental mind shift. Mm. The first book I read being a part of that organization was Thinking Go Rich by Napoleon oh, Hill. Yeah, that changed my life. So that changed my life. Yeah. Uh, I was 18, 19 years old Amazing. reading Napoleon Hill. Think and Grow Rich, Who Stole, Who Moved My Cheese. Yeah, yeah, I think those that. books like that. Yep. And um, my quest for that type of knowledge, yeah. I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. So for the rest of my life, that's, that's what I do. I yeah. read, I read, I read. Yeah. Leaders are readers. Yeah. Leaders are readers. There it is, folks. Did you hear it? Leaders are readers. I love that. So now, listen, we're, we're, you're, somehow you're in the Amway world, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Did you have great success? Did you, was that a platform of, to learn what not to do to something greater? Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about what that, that journey was like. While we were still on the border, were you doing both? Mm -hmm. I was doing both. How was your in now? Listen, it's it's. How was your injuries during this? Like, what was all that going? on? I'm still dealing with headaches. I'm okay. still with not getting eight hours of sleep. Didn't know what undiagnosed. Because because you didn't know you had sleep apnea. Right. And the moment I got the diplomatic assignment with you with the U.S. Immigration to Vancouver National Airport, I used to go to work over this bridge every day. And all of a sudden, every morning when I get to a certain point of this bridge, I get headaches. Mm. Started getting headaches. I didn't know why. Why was Were you getting disoriented headaches? or just? It was sleep deprivation yeah. because I had sleep apnea. Yeah. Didn't even know it. Yeah. So, you know, that went on and went on until I decided to venture off in this one company called Excel Communications out of Dallas, Texas. Yep. And um, they were just merged with a company in Canada called Teleglobe at the time. Yep. And this guy from Los Angeles was up in Vancouver doing a seminar. I didn't know who he was. Someone had invited me over to a meeting. And I went there and I said, I don't know who that guy is. I don't know who you guys are, but can you be at my house? At this time, I was living in a penthouse in Richmond, British Columbia, looking over the Rockies and the water right in um, from my penthouse. So were you making money from different streams? I was making money on my job. And yeah. then I started with Excel Communications, started Got making it. money with them. Okay, so you were doing good. Absolutely. Yeah, so they, did they come to your house? Oh yeah, they came to my house. So what happened? And we, I made about $60,000 part-time on the side while I was working for US Immigration. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. And with these folks, who was the guy that was speaking? Is this somebody guy, famous? It's some, this guy I still do business with right today. That's amazing. His name is Alonzo Powell. He's out of- Relationship capital, right? Exactly. It's all, it's he all actually right. catapulted and changed my life. Amazing. So at what point, what happens next? And where where is the birth of new life? Like the birth of new life started, really, I'm going to just tell you this strange story. Um, one night I was sleeping and I woke up out of my sleep grasping for air. And I got scared and I thought, the Lord was trying to tell me something, like some, I'm doing this wrong in my life. Yeah. I immediately called my mom. I said, Mom, you know, I think I'm doing wrong in my life. She wow. said, why do you say that, son? I said, well, I was sleeping. I couldn't catch my breath. It seemed like somebody was stepping on my chest. Mm. I still went undiagnosed. You didn't know sleep apnea. Didn't even know I was sleep yeah. apnea. Didn't know I was so still having- like 20 years. Yeah, and I'm having traumatic uh, dreams and things of that nature uh, throughout the whole time. And because, I- Because folks, sorry, folks need to know lack of sleep, your, your brain begins to work against you. Absolutely. Especially if it's over 10, 20 years. Absolutely. So you're thinking there's something wrong with you. 
right? Exactly. But there really wasn't. Exactly. So, God, I'm sorry. So, you have any. So, after I decided to resign from U.S. immigration, I went dibbling and dabbling in different entrepreneurial things, yep. uh, side hustles, you call it. And uh, it got to the point I just couldn't work for anyone. You didn't want, you wanted to be your own boss. Not only that, but the illnesses had caught up to me. Okay. The traumatic events, the dreams, the nightmares start to increase. Yeah. My sleep admin got worse, and I did not get diagnosed until someone told me that I lost my breath in 2008. Wow. In your sleep. Then I went to a sleep study, found yeah. out I had sleep apnea. Yeah. And it wasn't because I was overweight. Yeah. It was because I had a deviated septum closing off my passageway. Yeah. All right? So now then I get a CPAP machine. Most of you that are struggling with sleep apnea, you have to go through a sleep study test and yep. get the CPAP machine, right? Yep. Now I got this mask on my nose and my mouth. I'm breathing. Not comfortable. Not comfortable. And number two, I got the nightmares to compound. Okay. I go years and years again. With the... With the with with, without the night? mask, because I threw it away, because okay. I was claustrophobic. I'm having the nightmares. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to say, I don't think I can do that myself. Like, Man, let me tell you. So anyway, make a long story, fast forward on. Someone said, Junius, you know you can get disability for those injuries? Now, who told you that? No, you have to say the name. Like, What was the relationship? This was a, this was a guy who I met at a truck stop Got in it. Atlanta, where I live today. Told me, said, Junius, you know you can get a check, a disability for this sleep apnea and these nightmares you're having? And I said, okay, tell me more. And I started to investigate, but he mm. could not do one thing that I thought he knew. What? Was to connect me with the right doctors. Got it. Oh, you need the, okay. Because here I am, 20 something years removed from serving. Yep. And how am I gonna convince the federal government that I am still suffering from 1992? Yep. And that's the problem that most veterans are having. They're suffering with these problems, but they can't link the issue back to service. Yeah. So um, after he told me he, he didn't know any doctors I can see, so I said, okay, let's use the system that's put in place for every veteran to use. They have veteran service organization officers. They have DAV, American, um, you know, those groups, the VFWs. Yep. All right. So let's go them, call them up. They're going to help me. So I called this guy up and he said, look, I'll be your power of attorney. Mm -hmm. Bring your account number and your check-in route number over to the office, and we'll start the paperwork. So he got me thinking that I'm going to get paid. Yeah. So I said, hold on. I've been reading. I've been doing my research. I know I got a diagnosis. Yep. I know I can prove the in-service injury. Yep, in-service. Yep. So how am I going to link this that 19, 2019, I'm still suffering? Do you have any doctors that I can talk to? about this service so they can write this medical nexus. Mm -hmm. The medical nexus is a link, mm -hmm. linking back to the service. Yep. You know what his answer was? No. No. What'd you do? I went to my psychiatrist at the VA. Mm -hmm. Here I am, I'm suffering, I'm hurting, man. I'm in and out of homelessness for eight years. So you, okay, so you're in and out of, talk about that. I'm in and out of homelessness for eight years because now my, my injuries are getting worse. Because I'm undiagnosed, I'm untreated. So you would have a job, then you wouldn't have a job, money would come, nothing was steady or something. Nothing was steady. So here I am going back to the very system, the VHA at the hospital. Listen, I have PTSD, I'm getting medications. You're being telling me I need to go to these focus groups. What kind of medication? Uh, sertraline and clopromazine are the two medications what that they wanted. Like? They're, they're mental health depressants. This was uh, when you were homeless or now? Now as well, okay. when I was homeless and when I was now. So they said that I was bad enough to get medication, yeah, but I wasn't bad enough to get disability. Yeah. So my psychiatrist who's pumping me with medications have no solution for me. Yep. Even though I've told him that I'm homeless, yep. his only solution was, here's a list of canned goods you can go 
to these pantry places and get you some food. Hmm. No strategy on how to overcome limiting beliefs? No. I can go Anxiety, to focus. depression? Nothing. Yeah. I can go to these focus groups. Yeah. Take these medications, but I have no resources for you to get compensation. Yeah. So what you started? So what? I read a little bit more, found out. I said, you know what? If it's Is there like a turning point that, like an aha moment that you knew you had it now? I, I knew I had it because I got the diagnosis, but this is what I found out. I said, look, I can't get the help from the VSOs, the veteran service organizations, for doctors. Yep. I can't even go to the prescribing psychiatrists who diagnosed me with PTSD, yep. help financially as well. Yep. They're not going to fill out a medical nexus letter they won't back be up. because it's a conflict of interest. Yep. Here's the doctor medicating me. Yep. How is he going to write that a link yep. that it came from service from the same organization he's working for? Yeah. So I was in a catch-22. Yep. So I said, you know what? If it's up to me, it's going to be about. I got it. If it's up to me, it's got to be with for me. That's all the books you read. Exactly. So you, you knew you knew you had to go into action. So I had the foundation of yeah. the Think and Grow Rich and yeah. all that good stuff. So I said, you know what? I'm going to call around in Atlanta to every doctor I can mm. that's going to answer the phone. I don't care how many times they hang up on me. I don't care how many times they shut the door in the face. I will get this done. And so, with that being said. As I was looking for those doctors, I went and started a Facebook group. <laughs> How and big I, is it now? Oh, man, the Facebook group is huge. It's in the thousands. See? There you go. So, so I started this for free. Yep. A Facebook group educating other veterans that I knew that were suffering just like me. Yep. So here I am. I'm waiting because they have something called an intent to file. Yep. You call the VA and say, I have an intention to file for compensation. Yep. And they notify you by mail and say, this is your date, your starting date. So yep. the date may be the date, April 25th of this yep. recording. And you got 12 months to submit this paperwork plus the day of adjudication to, to pay you back pay. Yep. So as a result of me starting this Facebook group, I have gotten several people high value claims. Got it. You did? I did. Okay. So this is leading up to the pandemic. I filed my paperwork November 2019. Yep. All right. I got my paperwork decision on the first claim for $14,000 in back pay. Yep. Now, this is my first time filing since I left the military. So, yep. how many years is that? 30. Yeah. <laughs> so, I convinced well, like the government, yeah. I, I guess convinced the government that this is definitely a, yeah. a proof here. Yeah. So, they gave me $14,000 for 60%. So, two months later, they gave me remaining of the 100% permanent total. Yep. A check for $28,000. 14 and 28. 43,000. Yep. In the midst of the pandemic. Yep. In 2020. Yep. So here is I've already helped these people. I started this YouTube channel as well. In the process, I've got these results. And where could they reach you, by the way? New Life Veterans. That's N-U-L-I-F-E-V-E-T-A-R-N-S. Yep. Got on YouTube and our Facebook channel as well. Yep. So I said, you know what? I've gotten this money. Let me be a good steward. Of this money. So you, so once you saw that you could do it, you realized that there was a lot of people like you and you wanted to help them. Absolutely. Got it. And so I did, what I did was I had bad credit. Yep. I was living in a hotel. Yep. And let me tell you how I paid for the medical nexus letters. For those veterans that are trying to wonder how they can get service connected, you have to meet four elements of you service need a letter. connection. You need the diagnosis, number one. They yep. need to know that you're complaining about something. Yep. Prove that you have an in-service event. Yep. If you have no proof, you need a buddy letter, somebody yep. who served with you, or presumptive where the VA came out and said there are some presumptive disabilities. If you feel... Go ahead. Hold on. So no one knew about the buddy letter. Nobody. That's knew. what you discovered. The buddy letter and the nexus. Yeah. Got so it. here I am. Um, 
a lot of veterans are not meeting those elements. So let me go to the third element, the yeah. medical nexus. This is key. Because Explain you can have- Explain that like we're two years old. Okay. The medical nexus. Medical nexus just means medical link. Tell us how this current di diagnosis of sleep apnea, Junius, is linked to 1991 to 95. So you got to tell a story. You're telling me in 2019 that you're suffering from sleep apnea from a sucker punch? Yep. The only person that can do that is a physician. And, you did and most physicians do not want to help veterans. Why is that? Well, number one, they don't want to open up their practice for scrutiny because the VA is going to call that practice and say, did you see this veteran? Yeah. Do you have the records on this veteran? So it's too risky for them. So I'm calling, exactly. Yeah. So I'm calling around and everybody's saying, no, 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 like most veterans are doing today. Yep. And that's the reason why I provide that niche in the marketplace. Listen, I have the doctors of the most commonly claimed disabilities today. Got They're it. written to write your medical link. Got it. Then the next thing is to tell the government how bad the injury is. Yep. So it's not enough to get the service connection, the link. Yep. But you have to tell them how bad it is. Yep. And how bad it is determines their monthly compensation. So you have the language for all that based on what you've put together. Absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing. Yes. And so you realize this was a business? Yes. And this happened during COVID? COVID. So in your life, have you had ebbs and flows financially, number one? But number two, is this not an ebb and flow? Is this a business that you're building right now? This is a business that I'm building right now. That's beautiful. Absolutely. And right now in 2023, what does the world look like for you in this model for all the people that you're helping? Man, it's a crusade. It's a mission. It's spiritual. I'm impacting lives. They're coming in one way and leaving a different way. And are they coming in like, yeah, can you really do this? Is it true? And then afterwards, Well, like of course, some grateful. veterans have their skepticism. Yeah. Some veterans feel like they don't have to pay for a service like this because they have the free services. Yeah. So if you look at the VBA website for performance, yep. most of the claims that are going into the VA are supplemental claims, the mm. characteristics of claims. And I'll kind of educate the people yep. that are watching. Yep. What a supplemental claim is, is that you are disagreeing with the VA decision yep. and you want a second go at it. Yep. If most of the claims are supplemental claims, what does that mean? Most veterans are unhappy with the VA's decision. Yep. All right? Yep. So the way you overcome that is by supplying new and relevant evidence. This is Title 38, Part 4 of the Code of Federal Regulations. Got it. What is new and relevant information? The nexus and the buddy system. The new and relevant is a new exam from a medical doctor, and yep. the link is the new and relevant evidence. And it's an objective doctor, not somebody that's subjective. Absolutely. Somebody that's open-minded to... Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so, I, so, sorry. Go ahead. So what I do is I educate and train doctors that are willing to partner with New Life Veterans yep. on Title 38, Part 4, ah. the Code of Federal Regulations. So you, you train them. Is there a compensation there for you to train them? Or are you just like, hey, I, I train them for free. Because you have, you have patience to give them. Absolutely. And how do you get in touch with these doctors now? Uh, well, I talk to them every day. I'm talking about a new doctor. New doctor's the same process. I'm yeah. cold calling, I'm cold calling, I'm cold calling, I'm cold calling. So you're calling every day? Every Well, if, if I lose a doctor, yeah. normally I don't because the, you know, the benefit is so spiritual, they want to be a part of the, the mission. Yeah. Once they see the light, they want to be a part of the mission. So do you have people, like if this was two years ago, how many people were asking for your help versus now? Oh my God. On a monthly basis? When I started before, I mean, of course, it was small. If you can go back to my YouTube channel, I had probably one or two views and uh, the small usage of my service. But now I'm having about 14 bookings a day. Amazing. A day? A, per day. And how many, those, how many typically become somebody that's financially fulfilled? Um, we probably, On average. Uh, in a year time, probably 300 plus veterans right now. 
So that's 30 a month. So it's about 7% of people actually get it. Exactly. Yeah. Now, the 7%, it's still based on your formula. And for whatever reason, the 93 aren't getting it because they don't fit the criteria of that formula. Well, maybe a, a number of factors that are keeping them from utilizing our services. It may be geographic factors. You may have a, a lead that may come in from California and they don't want to fly to see one of my doctors, which requires them to be seen by the doctor. So you don't have a California doctor? No. Okay. Some injuries have to be in person seen. For example, orthopedic clients. Yep. Someone could be suffering from a lumbosacral strain. Someone can be suffering from pest plantars or plantar fasciitis, which are all musculoskeletal issues. There is no way that an orthopedic surgeon will put their license on the line for a long distance patient yeah. without physically seeing them. Have you? What if that? What if that long distance patient? What if you found the doctor for that patient? In their state. Yeah, I, I can do that. Have you done that part yet? Um, no, I haven't. Okay. Now, is that because you need to be face to face with the doctor, or is it just that there's not it's not in your bandwidth right now? Right now, it's not in my bandwidth. So you're helping more local people. I'm mostly Midwest to Eastern Seaboard. Got it. They find it more economical for them to take a plane if they need to. They still have to come to you for the musculoskeletal part. Got it. Which there is are some doctors that don't require that. They're doing telehealth because of COVID, which has been a gift and a curse. Yeah. Some doctors have been able to do telehealth appointments over Amazing. the phone. Amazing. So I can be able to help a broader range of customers that are dislocated from me. Hmm. What if you had a call center mm -hmm. that could get in touch with doctors in every state that you could have a presentation for these doctors so then you could serve these veterans in every state? Would that make sense? That would make a lot of sense. Well, you don't have to fly. They don't have to fly in. That'd be awesome. The, yes. the challenge would be is trying to get them to get on the partnership crusade of helping veterans. Yeah, convincing the doctors why it's smart for them to do it. Exactly. Not, not, not that they're working for... I'm sure they get paid for this, right? Of course. The, the, the patients that I send to them, they pay an outpatient fee. Got it. Which is not insurance. Exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. Wow. Amazing. So thank you for sharing that. What does it look yeah. like in the next five years for you? Oh, my God. I mean, I, I, I want to be on record. We're doing about 300-plus veterans a year now. That's, I can see us so doing crazy. triple that uh, even this year. The numbers are just astounding, growing each and every week. Our bookings are up because of the results is what matter. You can talk all day long about the law, Title 38, Part 4. You can preach, come on and file all day long because that's what they're being told by the VA. Come on and just file. Like the new PACT Act, for instance. That's a new law that came out and said, if you served in Desert Storm and you got these particular ailments, like these type of cancers or whatever, rhinitis, sinusitis, mm. we want to presume that it came from service. You don't have to provide a medical nexus. Got it. There's a lot of applications that are coming in, so we get a lot of feedback and calls in about that as well. So we're going to increase productivity. For so people. is there veterans, how do they know that you exist? Are they just, are you on some kind of like, you know, ecosystem where they know about you and they're reaching out to you? Well, we're on YouTube and we also have a Facebook page and we're advertising on social media as well. Wow. So everyone that's a veteran could see you at this point. Everyone. How, can how see many us. people are employed at your company? Uh, right now it's just me. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but my doctors make me look huge because yeah. they, they service more clients than I do. So you get the call and then you start your process. What we do is we take in the incoming lead and we do a, a consultation. So Every, are you doing all the consultations? I'm doing all the consultations myself, wow. yes. And uh, we're trying to look at the opportunities that's a, that we can increase their claim from existing service connections, or we may introduce new disabilities that can be added as a secondary. And that's one of the key things that most veterans miss is that there are some secondary disabilities that can qualify for VA disability. Because most veterans are thinking, if I don't have proof in service from the sick call notes, I can't claim diabetes. Mm. 
diabetes can be exasperated from obesity. Mm. Obesity can be exasperated from a musculoskeletal issue. Obesity, by law, is an intermediate step that they can use to get other things service-connected. Amazing. It's just the same way as sleep apnea, secondary to a deviated septum. See, the education is incredible, folks. It's all the research that was done, and it was something that's happened over the years. Now, are you if you hired somebody that could take these in, in, intake calls, mm -hmm. and then another person, then another person, would you be able to scale this out? Oh, we can scale it tremendously. Is there? Are you are you doing that? Like, no, I'm not doing it right now. You don't want to do I mean, it. I mean, well, right now I'm at a level where we're thinking about doing it. Okay, who's we? It sounds like you. Uh, well, me and, the, <laughs> me and the doctors first of all, because the pressure is getting on the doctors. That comes the juniors. We're doing like eighteen thousand, twenty thousand. <laughs> so they get nervous with the amount of business. Yes, yes, really, yes. Because of what the government or just no, it's just the, the, because they have their own practices already. They're already established. So you're so you're making them busier. Yes, they've hired wow. other employees because of me. That's a good thing, though. That's a good thing, yes. Yeah, look at Junius making an impact. In multiple, <laughs> not only for the doctors, but for the community, and that's amazing. Now, how many veterans are there around America? Uh, right now on the rolls, is probably close to 20 million. 20 million. million. How many of those folks statistically would win this? Well, only, If I play the 7% rule, what we just went through. I would just say this. That's 1.4 million. million. 6 million of the 20 million are already paid. Yeah. They're getting service connected. But here's the problem. Yeah. Eight out of ten of those that are being paid are lowball paid. Yeah. Can they go back in? Yeah, they go back and do a supplemental claim. Is Most that... veterans are getting paid $1,700 or less hmm. because they don't know the power of a secondary claim. Got it. They may be connected for sleep apnea, but sleep apnea can give you hypertension. Yep. Sleep apnea can give you diabetes. Yep. But you're not thinking about the diabetes secondary to the sleep apnea. You only think about the sleep apnea. And, and, and so if they have diabetes, it's a good chance it's from the, the sleep, sleep apnea. apnea. But I can't make that determination. Doctor. The only the doctor can. Got it. Has any doctor ever got jammed up over this? No, never. Because yeah, it's legit, right? I've had, I've had doctors. It's integrity-based. Exactly. The doctors have been with me now since the beginning. Wow. And this is growing, right? This isn't we're, like, we're still growing like crazy. Is your money climbing as well? Is it climbing? <laughs> <laughs> so... If I know a lot of doctors here in New Jersey, does that help you? It would it would definitely increase their capacity. Really? Yes. And they wouldn't have to fly to come see you? No. Okay. That's most of my doctor, I mean, most of the patients, the veteran patients, are geographically dislocated from me in Atlanta. Yeah. Most have never, ever seen me. So they don't have to fly to see you then? No. They just do the consultation over the phone. Yeah. Now, if they have they a muscle, if they need a doctor that's a musculoskeletal doctor, that's an orthopedic surgeon, yeah. I would send them to. Got it. And so they physically have to be for orthopedic surgeon. But something like mental health, yep. anxiety, depression, PTSD, yeah. PTSD can be done over telehealth. Amazing. Something like sinusitis, rhinitis, sleep apnea, those can be done over the phone. This sounds like an unbelievable business model. Oh, man, it's unbelievable. And you're serving them. And, and the money's tax-free, yeah? Yes, it's tax-free every single month. And it's tied to an annual cost of living allowance every January. So they don't just get the lump sum back pay. They get money forever? Every till they die. Wow. And how much did you get? Uh, me, I'm at the maximum, 100% permanent total. Mine's yeah. about $3,600 a month. And I'm single, not have any kids. So you could have that and still have your real business, and you it can, won't affect it. You can have a job. I have uh, veterans that are working at the Center for Disease Control right now at GS-12, the top supervisor position, yeah. and still collecting the check. This That's is amazing. an unfair advantage. Unfair advantage, folks. Unfair advantage in giving your name, your phone number, your email, and how to contact you. You can reach me at newlifeveterans.com. 
www.thepeopleshow.com. My name is Junius Bennett. And what's the, uh, is there a direct number? Direct or? number is 678-905-3190. Again, it's 678-905-3190. Well, they heard it, folks. Junius Bennett and what he's doing is impacting a lot. I'm hearing 20 million veterans, 6 million got it already. Some of them can re-up. But I'm also hearing, okay, how can he scale the business? He's an entrepreneur. He did a lot of research to get, if you're a veteran, the research he's done is incredible to really kind of give you a turnkey approach to see if there's money in there for you. Um, it's always worth checking out. And, and for all the folks that are watching us, go ahead and click the link below. If anybody wants a direct meeting with Junius, we will make sure that we hand it off. And I can't thank you enough for checking us out. Once again, uh, click the link below. If you want to meet with an epic rep, no obligation. If you want to meet with, Ju meet with Judius, let us know. And thank you so much for checking us out. That's it for today with Rob Gill and the Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. Be sure to hop to iTunes or Spotify to subscribe and tune into all the podcasts. Also, be sure to follow the Rob Gill YouTube channel and Rob Gill social media channels. We'll see you on the next podcast.